In my last podcast, I talked about how you should be considering investing in software development as volatile experiments, and that they should be managed as such. In this podcast, I'll introduce the concept of Minimum Viable Product, MVP, as a tool that can help you manage that volatility in an experimental manner. Welcome to the Better Return on Investment from Software Development Podcast. A podcast aimed at those that fund software development and those that work with them. In a series of short weekly podcasts, I, your host Mark Taylor, hope to educate and inform on why traditional management processes won't get you the best return on your investment. And along the way, I'll provide some advice on how to improve that. In the last podcast, I introduced the idea of thinking about your software development initiatives as experiments. In traditional software development, you will have requirements, a list of changes required to meet some business objective. An individual requirement could be anything from a cosmetic tweak to a fairly major undertaking, a change of colour or a change of how credit limits are calculated. An individual requirement could be of varying importance. It could be deemed critical to success of the initiative right the way through to a nice-to-have. One tool for this I've seen is MOSCO, an acronym that denotes the importance. M for must-have, S for should-have, C for could-have, W and for won't-have. MOSCO. Invariably, though, most requirements documents I've ever seen would treat every requirement as a must-have, maybe with a small smattering of should-haves. As an aside, our traditional software development practices have pretty much encouraged bad behaviour when it comes to requirements gathering. Our traditional software development cycle has been months, maybe years in the running. We believe that we were reducing risk and cost by batching a lot of changes at once. Any time we'd want to make a change, we'd want to thoroughly test everything as part of risk reduction. Now, if that test would take weeks to complete, we wouldn't want to do it very often. So we'd want to batch a good many changes to get the most out of that testing, which invariably led to more testing and the number of changes growing. We kept making the scale of our software development bigger and bigger to the point that every release was a major undertaking. It wasn't uncommon for systems, including customer-facing websites, to be down while these releases occurred due to their size and complexity. What started as an intention to reduce risk and save money ultimately had the reverse effect, making everything big bang, carrying considerable risk and cost overheads. While this phenomenon is probably an episode in its own right, I raise it now as this batch thinking incentivised business managers to push as much as they can into a release. When it came to requirements, they wanted to get everything they could into the scope of that project. They really had no idea when the next opportunity to do so would present itself, or indeed, if it ever would. I know if I'd been in their position, I would have done exactly the same. I would have raised as many requirements as I felt that I may need, then mark as many as possible as must-haves. It was the way to get things done. So, back from that aside. The requirements will be grouped together as a collection And once they've made their way through approval, prioritisation, governance and scheduling, 
they'd land with a development team for, for delivery. So rather than those requirements being grouped as a collection, what if we treated those requirements separately? What if we renamed each requirement as an experiment? We can then frame our software development process around much smaller, easier to theorise, easier to test, and evaluate chunks of work. This is where starting to think in terms of minimum viable product comes in. A quote from, from Wikipedia. A minimum viable product, MVP, is a product with just enough features to satisfy early customers and to provide feedback for future product development. Gathering insights from an MVP is often less expensive than developing a product with more features, which increases costs and risk if the potential product fails. For example, due to incorrect assumptions. End quote. So while traditionally we may have made a collection of requirements for the intended end state, MVP actually encourages us to ask, OK, what's next? Referring back to the previous podcast, the full collection of requirements is very much working on the principle that we can invest in software development as if it's a known duration with a known return. As I discussed in that podcast, that simply is not realistic or useful way to look at software development. Rather, you should be considering that software development as an ongoing collection of short experiments, each designed to test a theory in the real world. And the MVP mindset is a great way to think about this. As an illustration, your company has recently acquired the exclusive rights to sell Donald Trump bobbleheads. You believe that there will be a really wide market for these bobbleheads. You'll have those people that love Donald Trump and will want to purchase the statesman bobblehead. You'll have those that loathe him and will want the comedic buffoon bobblehead. And then you'll have those in the middle group which will want the personalised speech bubble bobblehead, where the customer can decide exactly what Donald should be saying. So the traditional route would have you build out a great quantity of requirements, including a website, a product selector, a personalisation section, fulfilment, order processing, etc. The list would go on and on. You'd then hand off your requirements to the software development team for them to take six months to deliver. Six months later, you can test your theory that anyone even ever wanted to buy a Donald Trump bobblehead. That's a lot of work, expense and risk on a theory. So what if instead you stood up a social media campaign where the public could vote on their favourite Donald bobblehead? If you were going to buy one Donald bobblehead this year, which would it be? How long would that take to set up and run? An hour? Maybe half a day? How much would that cost compared to a traditional project? Imagine if you find there's no market for Donald Bobbleheads. When would you like to know that? After a day's worth of effort on social media campaign? Or after six months of costly software development effort? I'm aware of various examples of this in the real world, where an organisation will stand up a simple one-page website for a potential product and allow customers to register their interest, most likely via email. The organisation wins out twice in this way. Not only do they get a quick, cheap feedback on the potential, they also have an engaged customer base if they choose to proceed with the product. Let's compare this with a product that I was asked to help with a few years back. There was a general feeling that this specific project was failing to gain traction. A lot of work seemed to have gone in, but little had come out. 
The first thing that hit me was the sheer scale of the requirements. Two guys had spent six months drafting those requirements. There was a combination of market research, competitor analysis, personal opinion, and indeed what felt like the kitchen sink. To say the amount of requirements they gathered was staggering was an understatement. And the, dev and the development team were trying their best to understand all of those requirements and struggling to produce anything tangible. So, what did I do? I asked, what next? I never read the requirements. I never did during my time with that team. I focused the team on what we could produce next. What we could provide so that others, ideally customers, could comment and provide feedback. And generally from that feedback we got the what next after that. We started to demonstrate traction within a few weeks. Ultimately, a lot of investment had gone into gathering such a broad set of requirements, but ultimately it was wasted. The guys had worked on it, had put a lot of effort in, and it was an impressive body of work. It just wasn't helpful at producing quick, small experiments that could be put in front of the customer. And ultimately, the customer, or the user of the software, will be the arbiter of if your theory is correct. So again, what would you prefer? To know that you're heading in the right direction in a few weeks or after half a year? This podcast has been hosted by me, Mark Taylor. It has been produced by Redfolder Consultancy, a consultancy that can help you achieve better return on your software development investment. You can contact them or sign up to the mailing list at red-folder.com or you can reach out to me at Twitter at redfoldermark. I'm on holiday for the next couple of weeks. When I return, I'll carry on from today's topic by talking about lean thinking.